Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. My name is Benson Sachs, and I'll be the host of your show today. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Buckle Booth. We're happy to have you live, archived, however you're doing it. We appreciate Just a couple of quick notes. If you're headed down to spring training, we're one week away from the first game, or if you're looking to head to the opener April 1st against the Cardinals, go to stubyard.com, punch in promo code BPN10, and you'll get 10% off all tickets for any event. It doesn't just count for the Pirates either, guys. You can concerts, football, hockey, basketball, you name it. Any event on Stubyard, punch in promo code BPN10 and get 10% off all tickets. You can't beat that. Uh, just a quick note before we start the show today as well. You can call in at 845-277-9345, talk Pirates baseball. Uh, the Pirates just signed Melky Cabrera on Monday to a minor league contract and invited him to spring training, but that's not what I want to talk about to open up the episode today. We'll talk about a catcher and uh, Jacob Stallings. So, out of options, Jacob Stallings needs to make the Pittsburgh Pirates opening day roster, at least to start the season. The Pittsburgh Pirates need to be carrying three catchers at the major league level. Earlier in the offseason, we took a look at the decision the Pittsburgh Pirates faced with catcher Jacob Stallings this spring. Stallings is the team's primary catching depth. However, he is also out of minor league options. Due to this, he cannot start the season at AAA Indianapolis without first being exposed to waivers. With teams always searching for catching help, odds are Stallings would not clear waivers, especially since he is viewed as a plus defender that does a stellar job of handling a pitching staff, as well as driving his mate as hitter. After flashing for the field one average, 358 OBP and a 431 slugging with a WRC plus of 120 at Triple A in 2017. Stalling slash for a 285 average, 335 OBP and 4 with a 111 WRC plus in 2018. He also has a 288 average, 333 OBP and a 333 slugging slash line and 24 games at the MLB level the past two seasons. After being viewed as an offensive liability early in his professional career, Stallings has improved enough offensively to make him an MLB quality catcher when you factor in his defense. Due to being out of options, his plus defense and improved offense, Stallings needs to make the opening day roster for the Pirates. The team is one of the catching teams in the National League, Francisco Cervelli and Elias Diaz. However, Cervelli's concussion issues are well documented and he may also as back here. In starts the team goes off the next man up with appear to be minor league free agent Stephen Barron. In six career MLB games for the Seattle Mariners and St. Louis Cardinals, Barron is 0 for 11 with these at bats coming in 2015 and 2018. With Cervelli's concussion history, you do not want Barron to your next man up at catcher. Having Stallings make the opening day roster would also benefit Clint Hurdle when it comes to using hitters. A strong argument can be made, and the best hitter on the team's bench this season will be Diaz. If the team carries three catchers, this frees them up Hurdle to use Diaz as a hitter. When the Bucs head north to Cincinnati for the 2019 winner on March 28th, for a variety of reasons, Stallings needs to be on the team 
as a third catcher. If he not, it would not only be a risk, but it would also be a bit of a surprise. In September, uh, Pirates pitchers talked about how much they love Jacob Stallings. <clears throat> they spoke eloquently about how well he handles the pitching staff. That's his big thing. He's an excellent defensive catcher, and he's taking strides offensively to be a viable backup catcher in the major league level. There's no question in my mind that if Stallings enters into the waivers, he will be gone. And as mentioned, you do not want Stephen Barron being your next man up. Cervelli has another uh, concussion issue. Diaz would end up starting, and Barron would be that backup. And we all remember the 2016 snafu where we had Eric Kratz and Eric Fryer as our catching fan. At that point, let's say Diaz goes down too. You're looking at Barron, and you have to bring in somebody else unless you're <laughs> turning to Christian Kelly or uh, somebody like that, and that's just uh, not going to happen. If Jacob Solis doesn't make the opening day roster, it would be a complete shock to me. Now, we have to look at the opening day roster if we think, okay, he's going to make it. What does the construction of that roster look like? Now, <clears throat> we obviously know what the lineup is going to look like. And if we take a look at the projected opening day lineup, we see Cervelli behind the plate. We see Bell at first, Frazier at second. I'd venture to say Gonzalez at short right now. I'd say Moran at third, Dickerson in left, Marte in center, and Chisholm Hall to begin the season in right. So that leaves, obviously, the five bench spots then to play with. If you look at the guys that are pretty much teed to have a bench spot, you have to look at Kevin Newman, whoever loses out that battle. Obviously, Elias Diaz, if he's not starting, will be Cervelli. Uh, Jung-Ho Gong, clearly, or Comran, whoever loses that job. And then you're left with two uh, bench positions. Now, if, if it were up to me, you'd put Stongs in, Pennsylvania is at four, but then you're left with one spot. Who does that spot go to? Now, the Pirates, they, they can make an interesting, interesting decision here. You put Paul Diaz, who flashed a lot of good stuff in September. You can put him at that five, have him be your super utility guy. You can put Melky Cabrera in there as the fourth outfielder. You can put Kevin Kramer in there, you know, another utility infielder. There are a lot of ways the Pirates could go with that fifth spot. Or, of course, they could just have a four-man bench, and at that point you'd have Newman, Diaz, Kong, Stones. But the, with the Pirates signing of Melky Cabrera, could that push maybe a Newman to the AAA level to start the season? My answer to that would be no, because the Pirates need an infielder. It's a good discussion that we're having right now because it's exciting that the Pirates have these type of options on their bench. The bench is going to be good this season. I mean, if you have a bench of Newman, Diaz, Gung, Stallings, and I'd venture to say Cabrera right now, I mean, that, that is a pretty good bench. Now, obviously, the question is what happens when uh, Polanco comes back? Because realistically, I mean, Chisnall and Cabrera could be competing for that opening day right field position. Who's going to take it? And then if both of those guys, Chisnall and Cabrera, both make the opening day roster, what happens to, what happens to them 
comes back. What happens to that bench? Now, if you slot Pablo Reyes, let's say you put Pablo Reyes in that fifth spot, it makes a lot more sense. Because here's what happens. Polanco comes back, and then you, you have a discussion about the three guys, Reyes, Newman, and Gonzalez. Whoever's struggling the most out of those three, you send one of them down. It's 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 a much more it's a much easier decision to make there than having to decide between Cabrera and Bisnall. And I believe I mean Camelka Cabrera he's on a minor league contract so I believe you can send him down. But if you add him to the forty man roster, I'm not sure the stipulations are there for sending a veteran such as him down. I'd assume he's out of minor league options, but I don't know specifics on that. And I I believe Lonnie Chisnall is out of options as well. So if you put Reyes on the opening day roster, it's more of a safety net. And Pablo Reyes became a fan favorite very quickly in September. And it would be nice to have him slotted into that opening day roster. And so the, the, what the bench would ultimately look like if I decided the bench, it would be Newman, Diaz, Gong, and Reyes. Potentially Melky Cabrera in there. Now, it's going to be an interesting battle come spring training, and I don't take a lot of, you know, interest in spring training numbers, but it's it's going to be a very interesting spring training and uh, to see how this roster is going to form. But the one thing that needs to be true, the one bench spot that needs to happen, Jacob Stallings needs to make the opening day roster. You do not want to have the issue of going to Stephen Barron, and then let's see what happens to Diaz. All right, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Valentine's Day. Hope everybody, you know, had a nice day on Thursday if you're single. Um, <laughs> if you're single, well, we, uh, we're here for you. And, you know, Thursday Valentine's Day and the Pittsburgh Pirates are starting spring training. What is there to fall in love with this season? Some would say being a Pittsburgh Pirates fan like asking for heartbreak. The team enters the offseason. And one gives them another chance, but just to be let down. Then they start the season, and everyone is optimistic that things could be different. But they never really are different. Every year, the Pittsburgh Pirates build you up. However, this year, there is plenty to love about this Pittsburgh Pirates team. While many are being more pessimistic this year than in previous seasons, fans should really give the team another chance. One cannot resist what the heart wants, and that is successful Pittsburgh Pirates baseball. First thing that I love about the Pittsburgh Pirates this year is obvious. Their pitching staff. The Bucs had one of the best young pitching staffs in baseball last year, led by Jameson Tyone and Trevor Williams. It was one of the main reasons the team ended the year with a win. The team also saw Musgrove take a big step forward and have his most success as a starter. The big move last year was acquiring Chris Archer, who started to pitch a lot better down the stretch. The second thing to love about the Pittsburgh Pirates is their bullpen. The team may have the best back end of the bullpen in baseball. Felipe Vasquez has be- quickly become one of, if not, the most dominant lefty relievers in baseball. The team also had a Keone Kella, one of the top up-and-coming relievers in the game. Got better and better every time out and should settle into the seventh inning role. The thing I love about the Pittsburgh Pirates' offense is that there's a lot of room for progress. There is a lot of young hitters who could take a step forward and be a big reason why this team could win more games 
than people expect. Hitters like Josh Bell, Adam Frazier, Elias Diaz, and Colin Moran all are still within the first few years of their career. Teams up with Diaz and Frazier take steps forward last year and earn more playing time for this upcoming season. Colin was a rookie and did not show off the power that he showed at AAA the year before. The real key is Josh Bell. If he can get some of his power back from two seasons ago, then there will be a lot to love about the offense. The thing for Pittsburgh Pirates is that fans in this town love their sports team. Even though the team has not done much this offseason, there is still a lot of potential for the team coming off in 82 and season. Hopefully, everything lines up correctly and the team gets back into playoff contention. There is a lot of reasons to love this team. Just give them a chance. Pirates fans. I know there's a lot of pessimism surrounding this Pittsburgh Pirates team heading into 2019. To be honest, it feels a little bit more, it's like more pessimism heading into 2019 than there was heading into 2018. Now the predictions aren't as bad as they were with the 100 lost seasons. But a lot of people are still predicting fifth-place finishes for this Pittsburgh Pirates team. Did you not watch them in 2018? Did you not see how they shocked everybody and provided this city a winning baseball club? But yet, that winning baseball club wasn't enough for the fans to show up. And if there's one thing that's true about Pittsburgh, they'll support a winning baseball team. They'll support a winning team of any kind. But as soon as that team starts losing, they'll abandon you unbelievably fast. There are definitely some pros about playing in the city of Pittsburgh. The city of Pittsburgh is one of the most passionate cities for the sports teams anywhere. Look at the Steelers. Sold out Heinz Field week in and week out. You know why it's sold out week in and week out? A, because they play eight games there. And B, because there's a winning product on the field, and it's pretty much a guaranteed winning product. Yes, you have a couple flukes like last season where they don't make the playoffs, but you have a winning product on the field. You go to PPG Paints Arena. You look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. Game in, game out, sold out arena, ticket prices through the roof, and they have 81 games in a season. 82 games in a season, 41 games at home. But they have Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and that superstar duo. It's a guarantee since 2006 that a winning product is going to be on the ice. You look at Pitt basketball. and the Jamie Dixon era where the team was consistently a top 25, top 10 caliber basketball program, the Peterson Event Center and Pitt basketball tickets were one of the hardest tickets to get in all of the city. They bring in Kevin Stallings, and the team doesn't win a single ACC game last year, and you see record lows in attendance. The Pittsburgh Pirates from 1992 to 2012, 1993, they didn't have a winning season. You see 2013 through 15, we had one of the best fan bases in baseball. You look at the 2013 NL wildcard game, and you get guys who skip Bayless, and that's the rowdiest sporting event he's ever witnessed. Pittsburgh Pirates baseball fans, they can be one of the best fans in baseball. One of the best fan bases. But they have to show up. I'm sick and tired of the pessimism that fans 
bring to the team. And this is true with the whole city, the city as a whole. And really the Penguins and the Steelers over the past, you know, almost the Steelers for as long as I can remember, and the Penguins since 2006, they have been dominant franchises. Pittsburgh Pirates, they cannot stay the same. But you look at 2013 and 15, and you look at those attendance marks, especially in 2015, when they went out and won 98 games at the second best record in baseball. We are four years removed from that team. We provided this city a winning season, the fourth winning season since 1992, the 2018 Pittsburgh Pirates provided. And how do the fans thank that? To the tune of the 28th best attendance in baseball. Orioles and Marlins only and worst. And I'll tell you what about those Orioles and Marlins teams. They lost over 100 games. And the Pittsburgh Pirates can't draw more than some other pathetic teams out there? Come on. If attendance is as bad as it was last year, as it is this year, when the team is relatively successful, listen, last year's baseball club was only one win a month away from making the postseason. If we play to the caliber we played last year, which is very realistic considering the only pieces we are losing are Jordy Mercer and Josh Harrison still isn't out the door yet. But Jordy Mercer, bringing in the likes of Jordan Lyles, also losing to Von Nova, but bringing in Jordan Lyles, bringing in Melky Cabrera, bringing in Lonnie Chisinau, bringing in Eric Gonzalez. I saw a prediction earlier this week that this team is going to be 72-90. and 90. What? And fans are buying into that pessimism. And really, the offseason being how long it is and, you know, the Pirates not making major moves, the, the pessimism, media, it's really media-built. The media built this pessimism, oh, the Pirates aren't making any moves. What's going on here? Oh, they're payroll $68 million. Okay, I get them the payrolls, though. I get that we haven't made many moves this offseason. But we didn't need to make many moves this offseason because there's a young core of guys that are looking to make that next step forward. That had a taste of success in 2018. They're looking to build upon that and enter the playoffs in 2019. What does that sound like? That sounds a lot like the 2012 group that entered in the 2013 and surprised everybody. Rather than look at 2019 as a year of despair and where this team is going to finish in last place, why not look at it as a potential year where we can compete for the NL Central because we have the rotation to do that. We have one of the best young rotations in baseball. We have the best back end bullpen in baseball. Vasquez, Kella, Crick, the rich rod into that mix too. I'll take this four against anybody. I'll take that rotation against anybody on any given day. And if guys like Bell, Moran, Diaz, and Frazier take that next step forward. This young group is only going to get more exciting. If Bell takes that next big step forward, gives us that 25 home run season again, this offense is going to be lethal. Dickerson, Marte, Polanco, Bell, Gong, Cervelli. Believe in this Pittsburgh Pirates team. There's plenty of love going into 2019. Plenty to love. Spring training is coming up just one week away. A week from today, we'll hope we'll be breaking down the lineup 
And the starters, I mean, it's here. Seven days away, one more week, Pirates fans. So the Pittsburgh Pirates are a week away from starting the spring training games. So what is their total schedule this year? Major League Baseball and the Pittsburgh Pirates are getting back in the spring. The pitchers and catchers are reporting this week. It is an exciting time of the year because baseball is just unadjusted. This also means that baseball will return to our televisions basically every night of the week. However, that is over two months away. How can Pittsburgh Pirates fans get ready to start watching baseball every day? As viewers, we need our spring training as well. The good news is that spring training baseball is starting to be shown more and more each year. This year, even more games will be shown mainly between the MLB Network and some on the Pittsburgh Pirates local station, AT&T Network. AT&T Network usually shows two games this spring. Obviously, when games are on MLB Network, they are nationally televised, or at least regionally televised. The MLB Network has its spring training schedule, and the Pittsburgh Pirates have plenty of games that will be on. Unfortunately, MLB is not part of general cable packages, so not everyone will be able to view the games. However, if you want to watch and already have the channel, there will be plenty of games to watch. Also, the Bucks should have a game on ESPN this year. Here is the Pittsburgh Pirates MLB Network spring training schedule for 2019. We'll be playing on replay on February the 24th, so that'll be the 23rd game. That'll be at 6 a.m. on MLB Network. And be, uh, the game against the Rays on March the 8th. Uh, if you want to wake up early on March the 8th, let me check the day of the week. If you want to start nice way to start watching the Pirates. Then on March the 12th, a live, a live game. Uh, March the 12th versus the Twins at 1 p.m. Uh, March the 14th replay of the, uh, I believe it will be the 14th game uh, against the Phillies, 11 p.m. Uh, a nice little, uh, will be on a Thursday night, jumpstart your weekend Pirates baseball, March the 16th, that will be on a Saturday morning, wake up, 3 a.m. Action against the Rays on the network. And we got some live action, March the 16th. Tuesday, so uh, take a little lunch break. Pirates television delay uh, on March. 20th. So I believe it's it's a one p.m. game. All these games are one o'clock. So they'll be uh, starting the game at four p.m. on the network on March the twenty. That's a Thursday, so hurry up from work, school, whatever. Watch your Pirates. And then the very next day, you get some more action at four p.m. when we play the Rays. And the next day, also on television, at four p.m. And then on March the twenty fourth. On a Sunday, what way is that your Sunday watching replay from the uh, 23rd game? So, I mean, the downside is that most of the games of the MLB Network will be showing are games that will already be complete or be shown on a delay. So, it will be nice to get to see the action on TV instead of watching on GameCast. Also, the Bucks have a lot of prospects coming to camp this year, and it will be fun to watch and play before being demoted back to the minors. Pittsburgh Pirates baseball is back, and the games are a good way. Now, those are for viewing audiences if you have the TV package that includes MLB Network. Now, if you uh, are a premium at that subscriber as myself, the 23rd game will be shown on NBC Sports Network, which is Philadelphia TV. So if you get the MLB at that app, I mean, it is a fantastic album. Definitely not sponsored by them. I believe it's only like $9.99 a month and you get every single game uh, 
on TV, Road 2. Now, not every single game is going to be televised, but, um, you know, when they are on the other team's network, you can watch the game. So I will be watching uh, on the Phillies network. And, you know, it is kind of annoying uh, watching the other team's broadcasts. And you get that, you know, like when we get into April, an example that I always like to share is, you know, the Penguins, they're usually getting their postseason swing at that time. And they tend to take precedent on HBO Network. And it's annoying because, like, you know, you're right in the beginning of the Pirates season. You're like, come on, I want to watch Pirates baseball, not this Penguins hockey. But it is what it is. So you have to watch the, the bias coverage on the other network. And I'm sure if that ever happens for the, the other teams as well, it, it may get annoying because, you know, I like some brownie, walkie, block, rock, uh, blast. You know, they tend to tend to do the same thing. But, yeah, I mean, we're a week away from games. Man, I mean – do you remember we covered the surprise Saguaros and we talked about, you know, the top prospects there? But, like, we are finally getting back into games. And here's the thing. Even if you can't, if you don't have that MLB premium or even if you listen to games on the radio or, you know, following GameCast, you got to watch those games. you got to watch the Young Bucks. I mean, there are some exciting prospects that are going to be in camp. We'll go over the non-roster invitees right now. Uh, Dario Agarzal, uh, he was DFA'd from the, from the 40-man roster. He cleared waivers, but he's going to be back. Uh, you know, he'll be in spring training. He did start one game for the prize of Guaros in the Arizona Fall League. Got roughed up and uh, went back home. Be interesting to see. I mean, he, he might be a candidate for that opening game against the Phillies a week from today. You got Elvis Escobar. He's going to be coming. Uh, Roberto Gomez, Jeff Hartlieb. Uh, he's a little bit of a rough ball league, if you remember. Uh, Mitch Keller, he's really excited. He's actually on the 40-man roster, and I am so excited to watch him pitch. If he's ever on one of those television delay, replay, whatever, you have to watch him pitch. He is the future of this Pittsburgh Pirates rotation, guys. And <clears throat> the rotation is already young. It's already controllable. And uh, you had Mitch Keller to that. I mean, the, the way that I, I envision happening is Mitch Keller is going to be Garrett Cole circa 2013. He's going to come in around June, and he's going to propel this team to a playoff run and hopefully win a playoff game for the Pirates in 2019. And you just take a look at that rotation at that point. You have Taya at the top of that rotation, followed by – I'd probably put Archer as a two, Williams, Musgrove, and Keller. I mean, you can make an argument. I mean, maybe outside of Musgrove that all five of those are like aces. That's the best rotation in baseball right there. Tyon, Archer, Williams, Musgrove, Keller. Can't wait for that this summer. Uh, some other guys that will be in camp. Um, Francisco Liriano, non-roster invitee, looking to compete for that fifth rotation spot. Uh, lefty bullpen. We can be the Stephen Brault pretty much. Uh, Tyler Lyons. Also, a minor league free agent contract. He'll be competing for a bullpen spot with Stephen Brault. Uh, Brandon Maurer from the Royals. Uh, also, <clears throat> minor league invite. He'll be competing again for a bullpen spot. <clears throat> Alex McRae, he got a, his foot in the water last uh, last year. Um, remember the whole McRae situation. Uh, Eduardo Vera is going to be there. Brandon Waddell, I'm excited to see him pitch. If you remember, I mean, back in November when – Pirates were discussing, you know, who to protect. I thought he was going to slip through the cracks, but uh, excited to see him. But candidate to start that game a week from today. Uh, Blake Wyman, if you remember him, he dominated. He came out of nowhere in the Arizona Fall League. He's a name to watch. Blake Wyman, 23-year-old, lefty, lanky. He's going to be exciting to watch. 
and you get the likes of the catchers, Baron, Dele, Christian Kellyard, and Pabst. A guy that I'm really excited to see, though, is Will Craig. He won my Arizona Fall League MVP. I made a bold, a bold prediction. Will Craig is going to have a better career than Vlad Jr., mark my words. Uh, Key Brian Hayes is another guy I'm super excited to see. Then you get the likes of Brian Reynolds, Jason Martin, all exciting guys coming up. you got, you got to watch them. you got to watch them, and you have an opportunity as early as Sunday morning, I believe. Was that 6 a.m. start, I said, or 3 a.m.? Okay, yeah, so on the 24th, you can watch the Pirates on a, on a replay at 6 a.m. So wake up early on Sunday to watch the Pirates. Thank you all for tuning in this week. It's been a wonderful episode. It is our, I mean, technically next week, I mean, we'll be breaking down baseball, but one more episode until we get back to, into the swing of things. Thank you all for tuning in to the Bucket Booth. My name is Benson Fexter. Please give me a follow on Instagram at BoxDugout and my partner Jared at Pirates.Strong. For more Bucket Booth content, head over to our website at BasePodcastNet.com. Follow the Baseball Podcast Network on all their social media platforms. Instagram at BaseballPodcastNet. Twitter at BaseballPodcast1. That's P-O-D-C-S-1. YouTube and SoundCloud at BaseballPodcastNetwork. We're on all those platforms, so go follow whatever you do there have a great week everybody we'll see you here saturday breaking down pirates baseball i'll also be on the cubs podcast breaking down the pirates giving my coverage 3 p.m we'll see you next week same time same place let's go box